Welcome to In the Weeds, a Mindscape podcast. Hey there, welcome to episode number seven of season two of the In the Weeds podcast. I'm Pete Brand, Mindscape CEO and co-founder, and I'm joined by Jeff Bell, Mindscape's COO. And today we're going to be talking about what to do with your email list. And uh, Pete, when I first started here uh, a million years ago, or eight or nine, whatever it is now, uh, I remember one of the first things you told me was that uh, an email list is really your only asset. Wow, man. That, I'm that, impressed. That, yeah, first of all, it has been a long time. <laughs> and I'm really, really glad that I made an emphasis on that because it's absolutely true. It stuck with me for some reason. Uh, beautiful. Well, I mean, because if you think about it, right, like your most people's websites are way more of a liability than they are an asset. And some people may say that that's an asset, but but whatever, you know, social media channels and your followers and all that stuff. You may want to say that that's an asset, too, but not really because you don't own it. That could be taken away from you at any given time. And really, uh, email is the best way to communicate with people still because they all have to check it for business purposes. And there's, if you're smart enough and approach it the right way, you can definitely get in front of people or get their attention. Right, yeah, makes sense. So how do you, once you've got this list, let's say you've got 10 people or 10,000 people, uh, a lot of people wanna know, how do I grow this thing? Yeah, and that, that's, that is definitely the question, right? I mean, whether you have zero people on your list today or, or one person, uh, you can have a hundred percent increase in the size of your list at one to two, and you may laugh and think, uh, you know, it's only two, but it's twice as much opportunity you have. So, growing your email database is something that you definitely need to keep your eye on. And uh, a few few different ways that you can do that. I mean, the rule main rule of thumb is, if if you're going to be providing an opportunity for somebody to join your email list, you must offer value. Write that down offer value it does not mean sell think about it you've been on a website recently i'm sure and when you get down to the bottom of the page or whatever you see a call to action that says join our newsletter that does not sound very compelling or like very much value or it might just say sign up here for blah like think about it and make sure that you're offering value don't have some crappy call to action that doesn't wouldn't inspire somebody that's like, you know, I mean, that, that takes advantage of anything. You've got to make sure that it's a strong call to action because remember, you're sifting through. Yes, the email database is your only asset, but it's also a very important tool for people. So there's a lot of apprehension that people have about putting their name onto a list and they want to make sure that if they're going to do it, they're going to get enough value that's worth more than the risk of being spammed because the majority of the companies out there or marketers out there overuse the email list and get it to the point where people just get fatigued and don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. But, but it's not so much just about offering value. You need to make sure that you clearly communicate that value. Uh, we're, we're actually getting ready to do a, a boot camp, private boot camp for a client who shared some of their uh, tactics that they're going to be deploying and asked us how we could make it better. And when I read their emails that they're putting together, or, and when I look at the pages where they're actually trying to get people to sign up, 
it's so high level and so superficial that there is no way that they have a very high percentage of people uh, who are who are opting into that list to begin with. Uh, Jeff, have you ever had any experiences where you've uh, had somebody like having a good strong call to action, but and you've signed up and then been solely disappointed? Oh yeah, it happens all the time. Um, you know, I I used to have back in my uh, development days when I was programming uh, lists you would sign up for for you know tips or tricks. Let's say um, a lot of times it would actually be on a blog post where it's like I was trying to figure out how to do something, um, you know, make a widget move or, or whatever I was doing back in those days. But um, so I'd read the article and then there was a call to action at the bottom for, hey, do you like content like this? You can sign up here for more. Um, but it turned out that was a bit of a unicorn piece of content usually that I was reading. And then everything else beyond that, you know, this at the time I was a developer going after developer content. And a lot of the pieces that came out after that were were more fluff or sales driven, right? Like they were trying to get me to go to something. Well, that's not why I signed up. I signed up so that I could, you know, see what else uh, this person was putting out uh, or this company, whatever the case may have been. But um, I ended up, you know, unsubscribing from that. That happens all the time. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, you need to communicate that value for sure. Um, but you have to deliver on that promise and not just have it be some veiled way to get in front of them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, along with those lines, Pete, I think the other thing with those emails um, is to create content. You know, if you want to grow your list, that content has to be easily shareable and uh, and have a reason to share it. Right. Like if I if in that case I would have had uh uh, emails that would say, Hey, today we're going to teach you how to, you know, add three numbers together and get the square root of a fourth or something, whatever we happen to be. That's probably a math equation, but, um, we're going to show you how to build an accordion or whatever it happened to be. Uh, I might share that with another developer, right? Like, Hey, we were just talking about accordions the other day. Hey, let me just forward this. And then that person can read the article and, and then that person can sign up. So, as long as you're addressing problems, um, you know, that's just one way to do it. But in this case, if they were addressing problems I was trying to solve, and that's good content, I'm going to share that with people in my circle. Right. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. To kind of expand on that, like, people are so sheepish. They create a blog post or a great piece of content or do a podcast or a, a whatever, and, and they, don't, they don't feel comfortable asking people to sign up or they don't, or, or asking them to share the content. And it's, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, why are you afraid to ask people? That's what you want them to do. And the best way to get someone to do something is to ask them. Right. But, but there's also kind of the contrarian in me. Sometimes I think you could probably get even more traction in your growing your email database by telling someone not to share it, say, you know, if you if you if, if you say, you know, sign up here to get top secret information that you can only get if you're signed up with this. And then that first email comes out and you say, don't share this with anyone. It's meant for your eyes only. They're probably going to share it with 10 or 20 different people. So sometimes you can use reverse psychology 
to build that value proposition even more and compel people to get out there and share the content. That might be a little tricky, but but it certainly can work. And yeah, it's, it's certainly something to test. Yeah, it's one way that you can, can yeah definitely test and see if that helps grow your database. Another way is you can run very targeted campaigns to be able to drive that. Say you've got a really piece of compelling content that you find happens to be, maybe it's a blog post, and when you're looking at your analytics, you find out that it's the second most visited page on your site. And the reason it is, is because lots of people are liking that content. So maybe what you can do is come up with a, a, a nice downloadable piece of content that can go along with that and drive lots of traffic to that particular offer and try to expand your database by doing that, by delivering something that you know your personas that you're marketing to already have a significant interest in and that's evidenced by the fact that you get so much attention and so many visitors on your website. So use that and leverage it to be able to build even a bigger list. So those are some of the things that I can think of right off the top of my head as far as for growing your list. Um, so, so once you have a list, what do you do at that point? I mean, right. That's what a lot of people want to know. Like, oh, <clears throat> you know, we've had clients come to us in the past with, you know, they're sitting on a list of uh, 30,000. And it's like, well, I don't even know what to do with this thing. So how do you use that asset in a way where you can really leverage the value that's inherent in there? Yeah, well, the, f the first thing that you need to do if you have a list is you've got to figure out a way to segment it. You know, every single business or organization on the face of the planet is marketing to far more than one type of person. You know, usually an organization is going to have three to five prominent uh, personas that they're marketing to. So what we want to do is make sure that we're sending the right message to the right audience at the right time and not just send a one size fits all message out there. Because if you do that, you're essentially going to be either alienating two of the potential audiences that you're trying to reach with, or you're going to sound like you're civil and you've got multiple personalities <laughs> and you're trying to communicate all this value. But that likely does not lead to anything but confusion. So you want to make sure that you're segmenting your list and sending the proper message to the proper people at the right time. And, and the best way that you're going to do that is by understanding them and understanding their day and their needs and the challenges that they're facing. Next, when you're sending out your uh, or, or utilizing your list, don't ever oversell. Like either A, don't try to make your offer seem like it's the best thing since sliced bread when you know that it's really not that valuable because people are going to see through that bullshit and ultimately, as fast as you grow the list, you're going to have people falling out the backside. And don't try to sell every single message that you're doing. I think a great mix is 80% of the content that you should be sending to that list should be helpful, valuable, and educational, and maybe 20% or even 10% should be self-promotional. Nobody wants to put their name in something to just watch you beat your chest all day. They're typically giving you their email address because they want to receive some type of value. So you've got to make sure that you're doing that and not constantly selling. Yeah, and I think you know to, to piggyback off of that is to really have content that serves the audience, right? As opposed to, you are, those emails should be pro providing value. They are a, they're a gift, really, to the, and if you think of it like that, are you providing enough value that someone's gonna see this as a gift in their inbox? Um, we can't always hit that measure uh, or that bar, but um, you know, if you 
think of it through that lens, um, the people don't open emails all the time. So, um, you know, I have had it in the past where there, there was such valuable content and in, in going back to the 80, 20, 80% of, of basically serving that audience and 20% selling. Uh, I've had it in the past where there was a hundred percent serving the audience and it was, uh, it was so valuable to me. I, I, I wanted there to be another thing that I could like give my money away, like take my money. This is so valuable. I, but I, but there wasn't any, um, which, you know, maybe that's fine. Maybe it's not, but there was an opportunity there, um, for them to, you know, further engage with me. And because that 20% wasn't there, uh, I didn't know where to take that. So, uh, that could drive me into the hands of competitors at that point. So, so Jeff, what about what happens when a client uh, comes to us? Because you usually work with them a lot on the onboarding process, or at least trying to figure out what we're going to do next. Um, but what, what happens if they come to you with a list that they've been building over the course of, say, you know, two decades, or as yeah. soon as it, email was was invented, <laughs> or you could start to do it? What 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 would you tell them? Uh, throw it away. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that can be a challenge. So there's two halves to that uh, data cleansing question. Um, one is if you have an old list um, or you're getting a list out of multiple different systems, right? Maybe you've got an old CRM and you can export some data from there and then you've got maybe MailChimp or some email program and you've got some information in there and then the salespeople all just keep their contacts and Outlook, so you've got to export all of those. So there's a technical side of that, uh, which I won't get into a whole lot, but uh, that's where spreadsheets can save your life. Um, you know, I would take all of that, all of those sources and start to combine them into uh, multiple sheets and then put those sheets in the same format so that they all have the same data. So I would export maybe all of the Outlook contacts and then um, maybe all of the MailChimp ones and then maybe some from the CRM figure out of all of those, what are the fields that we really need? Um, and then just create a spreadsheet uh, for each one and then kind of merge them all together and then dedupe based on, on emails. But that's kind of the, a very quick strategy about that. And then the, the second half of data cleansing is if you do have an old list and, and it's in a, maybe it's in MailChimp or an email program already, uh, or it can be easily imported, um, you know, you could have maybe all uppercase names or all lowercase names, or maybe you just have a first name, but not a last name, or, you know, you don't have company names or emails or phone numbers. Um, one way to do that is to just have a, a data cleansing campaign for, for lack of a better term, uh, where you take this list, you load it into the, the mail program and you have a series of emails. Uh, hopefully through some email automation where you say, hey, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've been in touch. We just want to make sure that uh, one, you want to still hear from us and two, that we have your information correct. Um, have a, a CTA in there or, or just you can usually do personalization tokens in most mail platforms where you can put there, you know, you can say, here's what we have on file for you. First name, last name, email, company, whatever. Uh, and then a, a button to 
you know, please confirm this information. They can say, yeah, that's right. Or they can click it, go to a landing page where there's a form that's preloaded with all of their stuff and they can clean it for you, right? They can kind of proper case their name. They can add their company name. Uh, and then anyone who doesn't do that, they'll get maybe a second email with a second ask. And then anyone who doesn't take advantage of that, maybe a third email uh, with a, a kind of like, hey, it's been it's been great knowing you, but we're we should probably break up now. Right. So uh, so that's just one way that you don't have to do that. Obviously, you can use spreadsheets to do some of that cleanup. But sometimes the most effective way is to do either like what I would say, like a re-engagement campaign or a, a data cleansing campaign where you want to make sure that not only is the data clean, but that uh, these people still want to want to hear from you. So kind of two pieces to that uh, data cleanup there. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people look at email, their email list with a scarcity mentality, and it's probably because they don't have any focused marketing activities that are constantly running to build that list. But I'd encourage you, you know, like if you have a list that you've never ever emailed before and you've just been afraid or you don't know how to do it, or or if you just stop, maybe there's been a two or three year gap where you haven't sent any emails. What you can do is if you're refocusing your efforts, send out that email to your entire database and make your promise. Let them know what you're going to be doing. Obviously, you need to have a plan, but let them know what you're going to be communicating in the email messages. Let them know what value you're going to be delivering over time. Let them know what's in it for them, but then let them know at the end, look, I don't. I know you already get 100, 200 emails in your inbox a day, and I don't want to be one that you don't want. So if you want to unsubscribe, please do because I want to bring joy to your life and not be an annoyance. So, but don't be afraid to do that because as long as you've got marketing activities out there where you're constantly de delivering value and actively building that list, you'll definitely be adding more than you're losing, and you don't have to be afraid of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that kind of uh, sums it up there. We we're talking again about what to do with your email list. It's the only asset that you really have. So um, we talked about uh, some, some ways to grow your list, having shareable content, um, and uh, you know, serving the clients or your audience. We talked about how to best leverage that with 80% uh, 80, 80 of that, uh, your messages being um, you know, valuable content that is helpful and informative, and then 20% maybe salesy, but then also to segment your content so that you are talking, saying the right thing to the right people. And then last we talked about cleaning it, uh, both technical as well as kind of strategic, uh, using some spreadsheets in the same format, merging those together, uh, and then potentially maybe doing a, uh, like a, a data cleansing campaign or re-engagement campaign. So uh, with that, those are our three points today. And uh, Pete, you can wrap us up. All right. Make sure to uh, head on over and check out our website at wearemindscape.com forward slash in the weeds. Uh, visit our social channels at wearemindscape and use the hashtag as you're sharing this with all your friends because yes, it would bring a smile to my face and joy to my heart if you would share this with your friends using the hashtag in the weeds podcast or just go ahead and send us an email at in the weeds at wearemindscape.com and uh, let us know what you'd like us to cover in any future episodes. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye everyone. Mm -hmm.